capacitors are just off, on, off. You charge it, and then, dude, you just invented nitrous for EVs. <laughs> Why not? You could have it in a shape like a, a NOS bottle, but it's it could just, just a say, giant capacitor. Yeah, that yeah. You accidentally yeah. touch it. You could be it a pull up like, dude, how many caps do you think that guy's got? <laughs> how many caps? Hey, guys. Welcome to Overcrest. Who are you? I forgot who I was. Who are I'm you? Kidding. What the hell? Wow. I thought you were being like clever there. No, no you literally, I literally, you legitimately, I don't know who I am. You, you forgot how to introduce the podcast. I, I don't know who I am. Who are you? <laughs> Hi. Welcome. I'm Chris. You're Jake. I, that's true. I, I think I was just confused because I was trying to think what we're doing because I have no idea. No, exactly. And that's what threw me for a loop is I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to think of. Okay, how am I going to introduce this? Because I have no idea whatsoever what's going well, on. Usually, it's always the same. Hey, guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. That's and the, all you and had then to say. And then it's, I'm Jake. And That's then it's, literally all you had to say. And then I'm expected to say it's a pretty cool episode because. Because of but, things. What? But I don't know. I That's have no what idea what's going on. Cool. What's going on? So Tell me. This is our Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Tuesday. We release these Tuesday, Chris. Yes. Yes. This is our Tuesday news episode. However. I have a special new segment that I'm introducing here. Oh, for like weekly? Like this Maybe. is going to be? It's going to be not just this time. Okay. So I'm not be... promising it any regular interval, but okay. we'll do it again. All right. Because this came about, you've been known as an encyclopedia of opinions. Uh, well, I love that because encyclopedias are a great resource for accurate, correct, and... Mm, no, but an opinion by definition doesn't have to be correct. That's your opinion. Yeah, but you don't put opinion... Yeah, that's your opinion. Yeah, but you don't put opinions in an encyclopedia. Encyclopedias are full of facts, which means that if my opinions are in there, they are correct, which means my opinions are facts. Continue. Well, it turns out... <laughs> This is perfect because <laughs> most of the time they're negative, oh, right? No. Are you going to go and tell me about all the things I've been wrong about? No, that would be great. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because I'm not an asshole. This will be more entertaining, though. So it got me thinking, what are some other like hot takes or opinions out there regarding automotive culture? And there are a lot. And it turns out that our listeners had a few. Oh, so okay. I present to you a new segment. All right. Oh, boy. You know what really grinds my gears? There's nothing Yeah. All right. So, and I, everyone know, like, Chris, kudos to you. You do all the production and editing and everything. Yeah. So you should be really proud. I was. It's great. That I did that. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I basically called on a few of our regular listeners to okay. say, what is grinding your gears? Okay. And basically, this is all just going to be to get you going. Okay. So, and, and it wasn't prompted that. Like, this isn't, oh, just make Chris angry. But this will be, <laughs> I, I like this segment. All right. So, first up is my buddy, Matt. Okay. And he'll introduce himself. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jake. Is there anything that really grinds your gears in automotive culture? Yes. I've been seeing a lot on forums and Facebook groups, people that are shaming other people for not knowing how to work on their own car. They'll even go as far as saying they're not a real car enthusiast because they don't have a wrench in their hand. Um, that's absolutely ridiculous, and I'm so tired of seeing it. Um, not only does it not make any sense, um, it's clearly false. I looked up the definition of enthusiast just for funsies. A person who is very interested in a particular activity or subject. That makes sense, right? You just have to be interested in the subject, and you're an enthusiast. You're enthusiastic about it. Just because you can't pull your engine and do a complete overhaul on your engine yourself in your own garage, spending thousands of dollars on tools doesn't mean you're not an enthusiast. Some of the biggest car enthusiasts I know bring their car to me for me to work on. And that's 100% the truth. They live and breathe cars. That's all they care about. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Bye. So Matt's a real deal mechanic, as okay. obvious by the background noise. Yeah. Um, so this is something that this is like a really core issue in automotive 
enthusiast culture to begin with is the whole built not bought thing right um and this is something that has ebbed and flowed for me this is something that when i was younger i truly believed yeah i truly believed and i think it was kind of a i think it was kind of almost like a little bit of an envy thing right i remember there was this one guy his name was, uh, this was back in the VW Vortex days. Uh-oh. It was, uh, his name was, Cro- his name was Paul. Uh-huh. And he was an asshole. Uh-huh. And his, his screen name was Chromosexual. Ah. And he would basically, in my opinion, comb through the VW Vortex, pick out all the things that were cool, and then tell some guy, hey, build me this car. Got it. And I think that that is the type of person we're thinking about when we say that built not bought is better because there are people that will build a checkbook car just so they can have the cool thing. Yes. That is different than the person who doesn't have time or maybe the capability to, to learn and do, and they want, they want to have the car and they want to go and they want to have the experience and they, and they love the cars. They love the culture and they love all these things. However, uh Oh, however, as with any conversation that I've had on this podcast about a podcast podcast about breadth and experience. Yes. The, the breadth of experience that you have when you do your own work on your car. Yes. Does add, in my opinion, a better overall experience because you are able to reap the fruits of your labor. It's I can think of my apple tree that's in my backyard. Yep. So I've got this apple tree back there. It's only one apple tree. Okay. I don't have two of them, so they don't cross-pollinate. So I only get apples every other year. Oh, I could, did not know this is a thing. Yeah, usually it'll switch back and forth between the, the trees. So every other year, I get apples. We don't need to get into the science of trees. So every I'm year, flabbergasted. <laughs> so every other year, uh-huh. you get I, apples. I, I get apples. Okay. And in the years that I don't get apples, oh, I go out there, uh-huh. I trim the tree, okay. I fertilize the tree, and I wait and I'm excited and I wait and the apple blossoms come and the tree blossoms and then I get apples later. And I go and I pick the apples and then I can go and I can make applesauce or cider or, or pie. apple pie or, yeah. or whatever you want to make. Or you can make uh, Ooh, apple moonshine. Apple moonshine. I was just going to say you can, you, can, uh, <laughs> you, you can use grain alcohol and, yep. and make a bunch of things. And I can guarantee you yeah. that the experience that I have when I have made the thing is better than if I just go to the store buy the apples off the shelf, come home and make it. Yes, because but the, because I'm not done. Oh, We're asking fine. my opinion. Let me, let me extrapolate my opinion. <laughs> then you can okay. Because the, the whole arc of the experience is what you're doing. Yes. The, the pie is part of the experience of the apple tree and the fertilizing and the waiting. It's all one big umbrella versus the umbrella is much smaller when you're just buying the apples and making the pie. Okay. You're leaving out the whole other part. And that whole other part that's left out damages the the height of the experience that you can have from making it with store-bought apples. Sure. Okay, so that's kind of what I'm getting. It doesn't, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make your enthusiasm less warranted because, sure. hey, you still went and bought the apples. You cooked, well, you know, that's so you where could I was going to take this analogy. But the, the breadth of experience yes. is less. Yes, I would agree I that. would encourage anyone to try and do as much as they can sure. because it's not that you don't know how. It's that, don't, that you don't know how yet. That so gets even, into our next one really well. So if you are doing just little things, little things. Yeah. That's great. A lot of people, they, they experience their car. Maybe they spent a lot of time washing their car, right? They love yes, the detailing, detailing of the car, but they didn't build the engine, but they love detailing yes. the car. They get in there and it's, and the car is perfect and the paint is perfect. Not my thing. No, obviously, but, but I do respect yes. that, that depth and that, that, uh, commitment to the hobby. Right. The guy that is just like showing up and like, Hey, build me motor. And then he goes, just shows up at cars and coffee. Come on. Yes. Like there's, there's gradations of this. It's a very gray area. Does that address? It does. Yeah. I was just going to say, bringing it back to our friend, Matt's point. If I show up with an apple pie, I have my apple sauce. He's probably going to do work for free because you're greasing the wheels. That's what's going to happen. No, not, I'm not showing up to Matt to do it, but I'm saying in the analogy here, I can still be an apple enthusiast, even if I'm not growing the apples. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I love hand polishing those apples. Yes, but I still think the 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 effort to learn. Yes, because you don't have to learn how to polish apples; it just takes a while. The effort to learn and the 
the opportunity for failure and overcoming something is a wonderful experience to do. You don't have to do it, but the depth of the experience is better if you do. That is and that that is that crosses cars. That's that's everything. Here's the other thing. I'm not buying the apples at the store and then posting on Instagram making it look like I grew them on my tree. <laughs> that's true. Which goes to our next hot take, grinding their gears by our friend Brandon McCarthy. I don't have audio because he's sick and sounds uh, terrible. He, sounded, so, he has sounded terrible for a while, that he, poor guy. Yes, I don't know. So anyways, he said, quote, my number one gripe is people who in the worst possible way do it for the gram. A lot of people out there just in the car game for the likes. That's take one. Okay. Take two. My second biggest gripe. Do you is, want to go to these one at a time? I don't know. Sure. Let's just I mean, we kind of address that. That's you just d- posting we've, your apples. We, yeah, we've we've talked about social media well. <laughs> Can we I'll, take the apple analogy the entire way through the episode? I almost. I'm sorry. I came up with it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that's happened. That's a theme actually with a lot of these is the social media influence. I'm just trying to think of ways that it happened before social media, and I think it's. Whether you were the guy that had to go out and buy the Jinko jeans and the Stussy like shirt and all this stuff and have the branding and whatever and have that define who you are so you could show off to other people that you can afford that the brand. I still am that a little bit, a little I know bit, I am. a little I'll, bit. I'll you be are first to acknowledge it. Um, I think there's a little bit of that that used to happen, but now the uh, I just the social media wealth thing really bothers me because it's a lot of times it's um, inauthentic. Yes, agreed. And I think that's part of the problem is is the social wealth that people accumulate isn't a definitely isn't a facsimile of what their real life is like. And in fact, I would say that it is a great embellishment often of what their real life is like. Oh yeah. And even if they aren't trying to embellish as an observer, you should never look at people, what they put on social media and really judge. um, Like I, one of my favorite guys, Jordan Peterson says, don't judge um yourself by who others are today judge yourself by who you were yesterday yeah you know use yourself for a barometer for improvement don't i mean it's really hard to do well not only that you don't realize that what you're subconsciously comparing yourself to following social media people is the best they're curated what they're posting and sometimes it's not even necessarily real and it's you can look at their insecurities by what they're trying to project on others. That's getting way in the weeds, but it's yeah. a whole psychological phenomenon that is a problem is people get super depressed when they look at social media all day. Yeah. One of the things that people always say about my social is that I will fail and I'll show people. Yes. I will show that I fuck this up and which, it's over and over again. Which and- goes into Brandon's second gripe. His second biggest gripe is in the age of unlimited knowledge so many people are so lazy. They will not do anything to solve their own problems or even attempt to gain knowledge through research, trial, and error. I have a lot of respect for people who make an honest go at building something and going through trial by fire. The hand out spoon feed people suck. Yeah, it's interesting that the more knowledge we have, like we, uh, we talked last week about how I learned Fusion 360. And, yeah. I, and I was trying to learn it without you know, and I even said, I was like, you realize we have friends that do this for a living professionally. Like, why didn't you just go to them? Yeah, I do. I do like learning. And I think, I think people are afraid to fail. And I think this goes back to the social media thing is nobody wants to be perceived as a failure. Yes. Because it it hurts their, their, their social wealth or their social stature, or they think that it does, Mm -hmm. but it really doesn't. No. When, when I see somebody fuck something up, I will absolutely judge them on not that they fucked up, but how they reacted to how they fucked up. Sure. Okay. So it, right. If, you know, yeah, okay. it, it, it's, it's how you deal with, with failure, with failure and mistakes. Yes. That is what I judge. I don't judge the mistakes. Someone don't made. judge the failures, judge the, 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 uh, the outcome of the failure, which okay. should be trying again mm-hmm. or figuring out or Tenacity learning or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. Just acceptance. Uh, quote, lastly, and dude, yeah, I mean, Jesus, man, you could learn to do almost anything. And it is, it is truly sad what society has come down to. Yeah, it is laziness, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. All right, still Brandon here. Lastly (laughs) is the death of forums. The social media format is so poor compared to the old epic build thread days a decade ago. People used to have 50 plus page epic build threads. The old digital K rabbit build thread was amazing. It was a true epic adventure. 
social media just doesn't allow that. No, it doesn't because everything disappears and stories disappear and everything like that. I think you have some, the problem is, is that you have, you have YouTube where people do build threads on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, we can use Mike's Ferrari, for example. Yeah. You know, he's, he's done, he's documented everything. Right. Just like you would on a build thread. The problem, the problem is, is the, the community is yes, not there. Exactly. The, the interactive, like live community. But here's the thing is discord has come around yes. to fill the gap. So um, I do, we, I talk a lot on the Stanceworks discord. I talk a lot on the overcrest discord. Yep. And there are forums there. Yes, there are. There's build threads there. And I feel like the people are like needing that. And that what's interesting is seeing people see it and go, wow, this is great. This is, this yeah. is, oh, this we invented right this. Yeah. Like, no, this, <laughs> you know, so Discord it's is great. Here a minute. It has filled that gap a little bit, but yeah, it, it's a definite bummer having that long form, that huge arc of like doing a build thread over years and then interacting with people. It, it was, it was really great. It was special. I'm glad that it's kind of back in some way. Yes. Okay. Next up, we have our friend Colin. No, what I really hate is when you walk through a parking lot and you see a bunch of cars with uh, electric boilers and they all have depressed the button to put them up. It's like the 1980s with pop collars. It's terrible. (laughs) Another good thing to hate is driving on the highway at night with everybody with their lights turned off because their dashes are lit up, but they are too stupid to realize that they don't have headlights. Yeah, that thanks uh, daylight, yeah, the, daytime running lights, right? Yeah, the, uh, the popped up collar doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really affect how you move through the world. Like right. if it slowed okay. you down, but it is definitely an appearance thing. Oh, it, yeah. is, it is. I mean, there's which call back to a couple weeks ago when it's down, it's a spoiler. Yes. When it raises, now it, you have a wing. Depends on the vehicle. I think we're talking. I think he's talking specifically about if I'm going to guess 911s, mm-hmm. where they just the little thing comes up. Yeah. It's not a wi- spoiler. It's a wing, or wait, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a, a wing. It's a spoiler always because the front of it is. It just yeah. comes up. Uh, yeah, the I mean, it's... turbo I had though is pedestals where it'll come up and it has pedestals, and so you have a full wing yeah. underneath. Yeah, I which don't know. I it's... have parked with it up before. I don't really know that I. I see that I'm like, dork. You right. know, it's just it's 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 someone that is you can tell if you see somebody like that, they're definitely kind of have their just their toe in as an enthusiast they Uh want people to think that they're an enthusiast because they have their wing because they have their wing up (laughs) but but it's almost like a fart can in a way right the fart can exists it's no other performance modifications done to the car whatsoever and usually except for the fart can exhaust rusted off and so that and that was was the the cheapest one that they could buy anyway uh what was the other one uh, oh yeah, the daytime uh, running lights. Daytime so they running don't have their headlights on. Yeah, That's I, just people being I, oblivious. Dude, I have I have flashed my brights at those people or turn yeah, my lights off. Yeah, you pull up next to them and they're like flipping you off. Yeah, like, like what? You, you're like, what are you talking about? And I'm just like, okay, dude. And like 30 seconds later, they turn their lights yeah, on. And, you're like, and I almost want to slow down and be like, uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next up, we have John Hansen. So I feel like at this age, I probably have a couple different things that irk me. I mean, I'm 34, so I guess I'm getting to the point where I can be called a disgruntled older car guy in the in the world of car people today. But um, I think I think the two big ones for me, uh, Drew from Cool Collective, kind of touched on it in that latest episode with Chris. But it's it's that entitlement that. a lot of the youth or a lot of the people getting into the car scene now, I mean, they have this feeling that they deserve a specific type of car. I mean, they, they have this, I have to have this $60,000 car, this, I mean, anything 50, 60, 70, 80, hundred thousand dollar car. They have this feeling that they deserve to have it because they see them on there. These, these, people these youth of today in the car scene are growing up and they're seeing people with these cars these sixty seventy thousand dollar hundred thousand dollar cars because they see them at cars and coffee or they see them on youtube or instagram or something and they feel that they deserve to have these cars because there's people that they see on social media that have them and it's it's like an entitlement that they think that they deserve them because there's other people that have them and they don't necessarily, no, don't get me wrong. There's people that definitely didn't work hard to have those cars. There's people that have had them for a long time that didn't pay that price point for them, but because they see them, they feel that they have some deservingly deserving, 
deserve to have them factor type thing. I mean, in in the scheme of the world, I mean, it's just like your your mechanics who are just starting out, just starting to learn the business. They're probably glorified lube techs at this point, but they want a $14,000 snap-on box because they see a lot of older technicians that have them. And that snap-on box gives them a certain status. It lets them feel like they are achieving something by having that in their possession. But it's like, that doesn't help you do your job better. It doesn't make you a better mechanic. It's just a big expense that you have sitting around that you haven't even necessarily earned yet. Like, all you've done is earn the debt. And so what could make you better at your job? Like, why not buy cheap tools that you can afford and then learn to be a better mechanic and then enhance your tools over time? And it's just kind of how I feel with cars also. I mean, you don't need to start your life in a Porsche 911 or a Ferrari or a brand new Mustang or whatever type of car you're into. I think the other one for me, and I mean, it's it's probably tied somewhat into these, whether it's coincidence or straight up. But John is not actually a robot, FYI. (laughs) That was recorded. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted before we move on to the next one. I just yes, yes. I mean, it's interesting that people will assume anything of people. Like everybody looks at my social media, and I don't try to make it seem this way. Oh, you're a you're a rich dude. I'm a rich dude. I am asshole. Yeah, I'm absolutely rich, even though I'm basically eating macaroni and cheese. Rashing that car, just abusing it for the gram. That's all you're doing. There are are multiple times where we have fed the kids decent food, and I've had macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I just don't have a lot of money. And just to do the car stuff and the things that we do and things we like to do as a family, too, there's sacrifices to be made. There's, There's no richness here. And I think that the fact that people will instantly make that judgment kind of alludes to what people are doing mm. if they're instantly making that a judgment they're probably trying to be that person themselves or yeah. there's some envy there you can you can usually tell what people envy by what they attack sure right? so it, or what it they obviously struck a chord or, with or them, what right? they what they think is valuable mm-hmm. by what they attack yeah that, that makes and, sense. and it's it's kind of a bummer to see that all right next one all right so yeah it's still john or maybe a robot pretending to be john yeah john three john nine thousand the the youtube famous car people who it's it's shock value it's not that they're appreciating the cars it's not that they're doing something with them it's not that they're flipping them for a profit it's the i'm gonna it's the it's the whistling diesels of the world and i mean there's whatever you i'm yeah absolutely he makes a ton of money he makes a ton of content he does you can say whatever you want about it but the i'm gonna weld a giant cage on top of the skyline gtr to put another gtr on top of it and drive around or i'm gonna go jump this g-wagon 600 feet and wreck it into a bank because it gets views like i think it's one of the worst things that happens in automotive culture right now yeah i mean this is not (laughs) this this he went more in depth I, i cut some of it out Robot uh, 3000 did. This human reaction to negative or weird shit Uh existed way before the internet. Uh, Just look at the nightly news. Okay, so it wasn't wasn't always firemen rescuing cats from trees. Yeah. And it's only gotten worse and worse with the No, you're right. It's always been you show what's most dramatic and terrible. And and I think that that just is like an androgenetic response or how do you know what the word is? But it, it... kind of gets your like it's the caveman lizard brain it's the caveman lizard brain it gets your adrenaline going almost of like oh this is you see the car crash you got to look at the car crash you got to look you got to find out what's going on and what's what's bad is that there's so it has become too easy to have your opinion heard it has become too easy for you to get out what you think other people should see when in reality Nobody should see anything that you're doing. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like everybody, there's it's a, not worth there's, it. Or there's a platform for everybody for anything now. Yes, you're and there most of the stuff you're seeing isn't worthy of being broadcast out in the world. No, it it yeah. really isn't. And you and it's these little microcosms of 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and maybe several thousand people of a million see it, but it's still, in my opinion, too much half the time. Um. Yeah, so I think the shock value thing is is interesting. I'm curious to see where it goes because 
it has to be this ever-evolving process, right? Oh, yeah. So now that we've welded a GTR on top of another... Do, do you, <laughs> okay, he referenced that. He, does he, it exist? What? Does that exist? This welding a Skyline GTR on top of another one? Yeah, that's what Whistling Diesel did. I don't know. So here's the thing. Did he mention that? I didn't even... Yeah. Okay, yeah. I legitimately, legitimately, Yeah. I do not consume car content. Yeah. I know that's crazy. I've seen a lot of... Well, but like Whistling I generally don't. Massive YouTube account. I generally don't. And I probably should consume more if we're creating it. What my but, favorite was, so he's he just loves big diesel trucks. Like, okay. that's his thing. He's a farm boy who got rich. And what I love, though, is... Why he did he get these, rich? From YouTube. Okay. He puts massive... He did, like, dualies on both axles, these massive tractor tires. So the whole truck would actually float. And then he went out to, like, the Gulf of Mexico or something and got pulled over by the harbor police or the... <laughs> it's whatever. That was... It's interesting. It's... It's but interesting. A lot what, of it is just him ruining stuff for the, for the lols, right? I think it it's a bummer because we have there is really great content on YouTube. Yes, there is. There is extremely good content, cars and otherwise, which is why you should come to the film festival. I was just gonna say, so you can see us recognize some of it because yep. we're gonna try and recognize good quality content and give exposés on that and get that stuff some recognition that it deserves because there is a lot of crap. There really is, and it's. I mean, it, it, think of it in terms of, I don't know if this really applies or not, but if, if you think of, like, think of the Olympics, right? Yep. What if every year no Olympic records happen, no world records? Okay. It was the same every year, and people were just separated by fractions of a second. Sure. Would you be that interested in, in watching it if there wasn't potential for a new for a new level of human excellence? No, I suppose not. Like it's, that's, it's, that's the argument of like, oh, all uh, enhancing drugs should be allowed in professional sports because we just want to see things get crazier and crazier. Why not? I want to see somebody throw a football 150 yards. Exactly. Let's yeah. make it let's make it a six down game and have the field be <laughs> 250 yards. Why not? And everyone's just jacked on steroids. So, so everybody has to like if you're a guy, and this is something that people do when they start up YouTube channels, I think, and I am not an expert on YouTube channels, but from my perspective, if you're going to set up a YouTube channel, you have to understand that whatever you're doing to gain your audience, mm -hmm. you have to do more of it <laughs> all the time, and it has to grow and be bigger and continue to be interesting, so yeah. you have to do new and fresh things. Right. So whatever you're doing as your foundation you have to understand that you're extrapolating the rest of your channel and everything else you're going to do out of that. If and I tell the same people grow. stuff like, yeah. yeah, if you want to grow, otherwise you're just preaching into the wind. And I've told people that about podcasts. Everybody's like, hey, I want to start a podcast. What do you think? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. It's easy to do five, 10 episodes. Right. It's really hard to do 100, and it's really easy to do 400. It is? It is. Because, dude... <laughs> once you understand the formula of what you're doing it becomes yeah. easy to eat much easier to create the content when you're at like 10 and you're like now what, the what? am what am i gonna talk about next week right it is a real struggle i remember that back then I just do being too. like what are we doing what are we gonna do which it, you're right now it's, it's easy it is for easy. some reason you're right and that's just how it is is because the foundation of what we did and we meandered around a little bit oh, in yeah. the beginning trying to find our way and there's if you go back and listen to the early episodes they're kind of we did some of this and then we did some of that and then it kind of like boiled down into what it is today right and i don't know if you can always do i don't know if you can always do that or not with youtube or not but either be prepared to do that or be prepared to uh continually one-upsmanship yourself right well you know difficult. we are still trying new things yeah, no. Okay, we still have more though. We're not done. Oh no, I just wanted to show that. Yeah, this is a new segment, right? Oh, you said how we have our boiled down formula. Yes, and I was also very proud of my editing skills again. Oh, good. Yes. yes. Okay. So our friend Tony from Octoon Craft says my pet peeves are all pretty Porsche specific, like people who shit on RWB modified cars while simultaneously paying someone to cut up an impact bumper on a nine six four and backdate it to a long hood. Cutting up a car is cutting up a car. That's why there's no video footage of Singer decommissioning a 964. It's an ugly process. Nakai smoking cigs while hacking a fender off for the shock value is one of the greatest marketing campaigns in the Porsche world. Is a backdate just as bad as an RWB? That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to think, if it's just as bad. Um, 
I don't know. I guess it depends on what the motivations are. I generally don't, I really don't like the RWB thing very much because I think it's an appropriation of an individual, Nikai. Yeah. I think it's an appropriation of the, right. f- of the phenomenon of him. Yeah, it's the formula. He's Whereas, cool, so like, let's, I want part of that. Right, like the Japanese thing and the and the RWB racing. The Eilers, yep. the Eilers, the group. So it's kind of like appropriating a culture. Right. And backdating a car is more of like a, I just like how those cars look. Right. And I don't really give a shit they made. I used to care, but I don't care anymore. People, they made so many thousands of these fucking cars. It really, like, Does I it just bug don't... you being an actual long hood owner seeing these backdates and like, well, that's not the real thing. I used Mine's to care. real thing. I used to care. Yeah. But I just, I don't. Not it's it depends on the execution, first of all. Yeah. You can do it very poorly. Sure. But overall, I don't care. What's the difference between doing that and having a rabbit that's like a, a Westmoreland GTI and thinking, I like the round headlights better and taking the core support off and putting round headlights on there. You're right. It's Who the cares? same. I honestly I don't care. The RWB thing, it's a different thing. I think you're appropriating a culture and a and a and a man. And usually I mean the body kits are so expensive. Usually the cars that have the body kit done, they look like they could drive upside down. But they oh, still yeah. have like stock engines. Hundred um, percent. A lot of some of the RWB stuff can be can be quite good. Yeah. Um, high performance, and that's a little bit different. Yes. Okay. Last one here, Chris. Hey guys, I have a couple different problems with car culture in the United States. I think specifically, if we're talking about car culture and not design or industry, my main beef right now is with online influencers and their obsession with Italian sports cars and SUVs and other high-end luxury vehicles. It seems like everywhere I look online, there's a 20-year-old with a Lamborghini that they've rented or their parents bought, and they're trying to pass it off on their own, as if owning something that needs a $10,000 engine-out oil change is the peak of success. <laughs> I've always felt that flaunting wealth like that is pretty tasteless. It also doesn't help much that these displays of wealth are normally associated with high-end watches or other luxury fashion items. I think it's pretty gross. Other problems with car culture is probably the fault of millennials like us. I think our obsession with the car... Oh, yeah. Well, we got to address one thing at a time. Okay. Okay. First of all, this is not new. No, no. Think of back. I think back when I was in high school and the platform is just bigger. You're right. So the assholes have a bigger platform to be assholes. <laughs> so you see more assholes. That's really is. Nobody <laughs> wants to see assholes. <laughs> they fucking stink. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's where okay. pretty so much what new. it comes down. Okay. It's not new. It's more prolific. Yeah. And I think the desire to do it is, you know, I guess what here's, here's the thing. These people think that they can rule over more people. When, yeah. when you were in high school and shit like that, it was, you know, just like few yuppies and rich kids right. driving in their whatever car they had that was the nicest car in the entire, you know, 11th grade or whatever it was. So they reached 300 people. Now the platform is just way bigger. Right. So sure. now they're, they're, they went from like a, a tiny asshole to a big asshole. I guess what's frustrating is it still gets a lot of attention. Right? Of course it did. It did then too. I mean, that's. Yeah. The hot chicks like that guy. All right, fuck that guy. That we grew up with has caused a really wild used car market. I've been driving for about 20 years, and when I got my license, piece of shit cars from the 80s and early 90s were in abundance, and I think could be had for less than $1,000. But trying to buy even crappy examples of these cars these days is going to set me back at least five to $7,000. I was recently looking for a late 80s, early 90s F-150 for kind of a fun project, and even rusted out pieces of crap were going for exorbitant sums. I think a lot of that's driven by nostalgia that we have for that era, but also I think probably about 15 years ago, cash for clunkers took a ton of these off the road, mm-hmm. so there's not as much stock as there was. My last gripe is when it comes to car design. Who is this, by the way? Uh, this is a buddy of mine, uh, non-attributed. Non-at- non-attributed, okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, but it is what it is. You know, the, Yeah, there's the nostalgia a big part of that, and the cash for clunkers thing did get rid of a huge amount of cars, yeah. which is that's, that was that's, sad. I always forget about that. I do too. Um, yeah, I forget the the stats, but it was like astronomical. Yeah, you got to keep mind in in 1987 or 1989, cars in the 80s were just cars. They hadn't earned anything yet. Yeah, that's what I think people forget is the value of something is accrued through experience of the product. Sure, right, and that is experienced by the people that are using it, and it takes time for that to build. Right. You know, we'll see where things go with stuff that's out there today. 
I don't know. Maybe it's made in too large a quantity. Maybe it's too shitty because everybody orders everything on Amazon. I don't. I'm, I'm I don't pretty know. sure people in the '80s, with you know a F-150, for example, thought the same thing. You know, that, well, this won't ever be valuable. Yeah, but I think culture has become far more disposable now. True. And products are far more disposable, and people are less attached to things than they ever have been. Yeah. As physical objects. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it goes. I like, think right now my main okay, fuck me. Go ahead. issue is with electric. <laughs> Sorry, I hit the button. That's good. <laughs> vehicles. I like electric cars, and it seems that the transit to elect uh, transition to electric vehicles is inevitable. But I don't understand why car companies insist on replacing all the parts on a car that work just fine with new technology. Ideally, I'd want the car I drive now, a GTI, with everything the way it is except an electric engine. But I'm unable to get that. I've looked at electric vehicles, and all the door handles are these electric pop-out door handles that have all these extra built-in failure points. Door handles in their current iteration have worked great for the past 50 years. I do not understand the need to replace them. (laughs) Same thing with getting rid of HVAC knobs and analog analog dash gauges. All this just seems like you're setting yourself up for a $2,500 repair the second the car's out of warranty. Okay, that's enough belly aching from me. Y'all drive safe. I think he answered his own question when he said it came up as a $2,500 repair. Um, Understanding <laughs> about Anyway, oh, uh, door handles have sucked forever. What? They always break. Really? Like old like golf handles and door <laughs> handles. Oh, shit's always falling apart. <laughs> they all fall apart over time. Um, I get what he's saying. The, the reason is is progress. Right. If you keep cars the same, nobody's going to buy a new car, and then the, the companies have no reason to exist. Yeah, of that's, course. I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to, period. That's it. You know, you... you <laughs> They they don't build Mercedes. If they still build a Mercedes 300D, yeah, brand new, how are they going to ever? Well, like, do you remember our episode about the light bulb conspiracy? There Planned you go. obsolescence. That's right. Great episode. Dude, there's 400 episodes. I was going scrolling back and looking through them the other <laughs> I day. Know. There's so much good shit back there, guys. You know what else is back there? What? That not everyone has access to. We That's- have a whole back catalog of exclusive episodes on ah, our yes. Drivers Club. Yes. Overcrestproductions.com slash Drivers Club for as little as $5 a month. You get access to all those. You get some other benefits as far as access to merch early on. A discount on the rally. You get uh, t-shirts. Prince. You can get prints. You can get t-shirts. t-shirts. You get to feel good about yourself. That's true, too. Who doesn't want that? I don't know. Who doesn't want to feel why, good about themselves? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why exactly. What is this? This how much is a Red Bull now? Oh God, I don't even know. Two ninety nine, uh, a Red Bull and a half. Yeah. Support the show. There you that's go. simple. I know the the problem is, and I understand this. Is it's like an extra thing to do? It's an extra thing to do. It's another five dollar fee every month, and you don't want to do it. You want to click the button and go through. Stop being so lazy. <laughs> Jesus, support the show. Five bucks. What are you doing? Oh, man. Many thanks to all those that aren't lazy. There that, you go. That aren't you, the lazy person. They're not like you. They're better than you. <laughs> Am I, is it too much? A little too much. A little too much. A little too much. Uh, too late. Okay. Lazy fucks. Well, how about we talk about a little <laughs> bit of news? Okay, let's do it. Okay. So, By the way, guys, I'm kidding. I love all our I listeners. I'm kidding. I hope, thank you for saying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, Chris, do you remember when BMW first started releasing hideous new models with obscenely large grills? We saw memes of the ever bigger grills on BMWs with the inevitable conclusion that the car was going to be nothing but a grill, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I said, did you see their, uh, it's happening. Their prototype car that raced at Daytona. No. Oh my God. The grill, like the intake on the front. Right. It just looks like it should just drive right through the cars and like shoot the other cars out the other side of the car. <laughs> it's huge. There's just these big, huge grills on the front. They're not giving up. No. So BMW has filed a patent application for grills that include headlights. <laughs> That's right. BMW is potentially planning on making their grills so large that the headlights will simply be integrated into them. Is it going to be like an LED thing around the grill that's just like, yeah, this? it's well, because it, we've had like lights integrated with grills forever, right? right. I mean, think so, about a rabbit. They've got like the grill, the plastic goes around, the lights are in it. I don't understand what this patent well, is. Well, in addition, the patent allows lighting elements to even be used to project a, quote, digital version of the BMW twin kidney grill on a grillless front fascia since EVs don't actually need grill openings at all. Yeah. Right. So it's just going to be like a blank 
creepy looking front of a car, like a faceless thing. Yeah, and then, and then, the then they turn it on, on and all the lights come on. Yeah, D- that's the that's the, the D concept. I think that integrated that terribleness. It's terrible. Well, besides ridiculous grills, BMW is actually working on something productive. Together, in partnership with the U.S. battery technology company Solid Power, BMW will be starting testing on solid-state batteries. So the batteries, which derive their name from their solid electrolytes, promise improved range and shorter charge times. Are they, to these current. aren't lithium-ion, right? They're not no, lithium. No, lithium-ion is still a liquid-type battery. Right. So this doesn't have any liquid. It's not as uh, combustible. Correct. It, uh, it's safer. It's actually cheaper and it is no cobalt quicker. too, right? There's no, uh, that I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's. I want to say there's no cobalt in those as well. That would be great. Uh, so this is just a giant capacitor, is what I perceive these batteries to be like—a really high capacity capacitor. Yeah, but capacitors re- like they put all their energy out at once. You know what I mean? Do they? They do. They do have to release all their capacitors energy at once. are just off, on, off. You charge it and then, poof. dude, you just invented nitrous for EVs. <laughs> Why not? You could have it in a shape like a, a NOS bottle, but and it's it just, just a say, giant capacitor. Yeah, that yeah. You accidentally yeah. touch it. You could be it a pull up like, dude, how many caps do you think that guy's got? <laughs> how many caps? Yeah. Like it. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's like at least a million ferrets. Oh, oh that's man. right. Yeah, yeah. The ferret. That was a good callback. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, quote BMW remains committed to the pursuit of all solid state batteries, a technology which we believe has significant potential for the future, said Frank Weber, who is BMW's head of R&D. I think those batteries also don't degrade as bad over time. That could be. I think that they... What I'd be curious about is their cold weather performance, because as we know... Uh, you know who's the best don't cold do weather well. performance? I think like Jaguar does. Really? Yeah, I think their batteries are really good. That's interesting to me. Uh, actual testing of these BMW batteries in a prototype vehicle is scheduled for 2025 or before, where we're not going to see an actual vehicle with the batteries in production until 2030. That date is similar to what other automakers like Nissan and Volkswagen are working towards with their solid state tech as well. Uh, now, speaking of EVs, Chris, wait, I want to look. What is in a solid state battery? Okay. <laughs> First result, I said, what is a solid state battery made of? First result, materials. <laughs> Oh, okay, good. Thanks for that. Anoid materials comprise carbon, uh huh, titanates, lithium alloys, and metallic lithium. Cathode materials are uh, oxides, phosphates, vanadium oxide, and future microstructural materials. I don't see cobalt in there. Type in uh, oh, is solid state, state batteries wear up to thirty five percent more lithium than current lithium ion battery technology. Oh, good. But they use far less graphite and cobalt. Okay, well. You know, at least we're only going to ruin the world. We won't just ruin people's lives by making them slaves. Well, yeah. Instead, we'll just they find lithium down in Congo as pump well. millions of gallons of water into the earth and just destroy it. Yeah. Strip mine it. It's an, it's amazing that we're destroying entire like ecosystems, ecosystems but to do this. But it's nobody's saying anything. It's green, Chris. Nobody's it's green. You can't you need to buy recycled fucking toilet paper to wipe your ass with because of the rainforest. <laughs> but this don't worry about it. It's no good. problem. It's green. Just don't overlook worry. it. Yeah. You know, speaking of EV, this is so bad. The hypocrisy. Oh, I agree. And we've uh, talked about it. Like, and nauseum. the thing is, is that like pointing out hypocrisy does not. Does not fix affect it. a change. <laughs> it doesn't fix it. Yeah. But it just drives me nuts that we that it exists in the first place. And it isn't. It, Nobody notices. You're right. It's not um, common knowledge that these materials required are so terrible. No more oil. Go ahead. Right. Greta Thunberg. Speaking of EVs, regardless of how good batteries get, they are still limited by the charging network itself, right? We talked about this at nauseum as well. Well, Electrify America recently announced on Monday. Hey, agreement. we had those them on the podcast. Yes, we did. They released an agreement on Monday with Travel Centers of America, a.k.a. the TA TA truck stop. you see all across the freeway. Yeah, to install EV fast chargers at all of their truck stops. Everyone. Every single one of them. According to the companies, the effort will bring, quote, next generation fast chargers every 50-mile interval across the country. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. So there you go. Even if charger networks are no longer a problem for electric vehicles, we need to remind everyone that they are not, in fact, self-driving, though. Yes. Last Tuesday, Tesla was subpoenaed by Justice Department over the automaker's claims of, quote, full self 
driving features. How did that play out? What did it, is it over with now? No, as far as we know, Tesla has come under fire multiple times over the years for its driver assist features, particularly, quote, full self-driving, which despite the name does not allow a car to drive itself. The head of the NTSB in 2021 called the label misleading and irresponsible, and California has deemed it completely illegal. Currently, Tesla said that to our knowledge, no government agency in any ongoing investigation has concluded that any wrongdoing occurred. We didn't do anything wrong, guys, but they are investigating it. So we'll just have Did to you wait see, uh, and see what became of it. Mercedes has legal level three. I did. In uh, in Nevada, they've got some legal. What is level three? Tell us about that right now. You have this oh, right shit. here. All right. You you do it. I don't I'm lost. I don't have the notes open. Okay. Well, uh, we now have the first legal level three driving system. It's not Tesla, despite the name and capabilities of its advanced driver assist system offered by many automakers. No system offered in a production vehicle has ever qualified for level three self-driving capability, according to SAE rules. Until now. That is about to change. Yeah. yeah. Thursday, Mercedes-Benz announced the 2024 S-Class and EQS sedans will feature drive pilot. A level three system that will be capable of operating legally in Nevada beginning in the second quarter of the year. Why Nevada? I'm not sure. Because uh, there's nobody there. Yeah. To qualify as a level three system by the SEE's definition, a system, quote, can drive the vehicle under limited conditions and will not operate unless all conditions are met. The definition also states the driver is not driving the vehicle when these automated driving features are engaged, even if they are in the driver's seat. Okay. That's interesting. Hmm. You're not legally not driving the car when the system is engaged. Okay, that's so what that is so you are not legally responsible. That is correct. That takes the that's what I'm taking out of the it. legal liability out of your hands completely. That's crazy mm -hmm. to me. So who insures the vehicle then? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's like a if whole something happens, can of worms. if something happens, who's responsible? Like who? Like, um, well, however, the driver this must, is going to have to be litigated. Okay. The driver must be ready to take over control when the conditions for the system to work are not met or when the system requests it. So this is why, if you know, like hear a lot of things about Tesla, yeah. any of their crashes and people yeah. claim autopilot was engaged. If, Tesla, if the system knows that a crash is imminent, it will deactivate autopilot like a second before the crash. Mm. Wasn't the driver, it wasn't our system's fault. System wasn't activated when it crashed. <sighs> I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, I think who is responsible is going to be litigated very soon, and you're going to see some. And the the system, well, the system so what happens, wasn't on exactly. So what happens if you don't take control of this thing? If it says take control and you it don't, it probably just turns off. No, it tells you. Fucking read it. It's right there. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Mercedes said drive pilot has met the requirements of the Nevada Chapter 482 blah, 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 for blah. autonomous vehicles. Makes the system in California later this year. Drive pilot will work on freeway and high traffic situations at speed up to 40. It will be able to take control of the speed, distance, and vehicles ahead and keep the vehicle in its lane. It will automatically react to traffic signs and occurrences on the route. The system is engaged by buttons on the steering wheel, and these buttons will indicate when the system is available for use. Here we go. If the driver fails to take control when the system requests it, it will pull the vehicle over in its lane. Turn on the hazard lights, unlock the doors, and activate its emergency call system. This is the e wow. this is like you know when you accidentally like have your phone in your pocket and it dials nine one one. Dude, I just did this last week. Did I is, tell you this? This is the ultimate expression of that. Yeah. Wow. So it's can you imagine like if you're you're in the back seat. Uh huh. It's getting steamy. Oh, it's okay. night out. Yeah. The car like starts to pull over to the side of the road. I mean, you're into it. You're focused. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's the doors are unlocked. The, the doors unlocked, and the hazards are going on. Yep. So what do you do? That's a mood ruiner right there. That is a mood ruiner. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you do you finish or do you take off? What do you think? Oh, you you got to calculate the amount of time it's going to take for the authorities to get to the vehicle. Yeah, you'll you'll you finish, and yeah. hopefully, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all this stuff. I'm really torn between. The fact that I really I, don't like commuting. I like this system, though, will pull you over if it's like, I can't do it. Fine. The, the whole thing of, like, the autonomously driving car, I like not having to commute. Yes. It sucks. I do not like it. Yes. However, I still see it as a slippery slope to the, deg to the erosion of personal autonomy. I agree. So that's why I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know where this goes over the next 20, 30 years. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. You want to do any more news? I what think are we that's at for it. Time. I don't know. I think we're good. I think we're gonna Is call it. Good? I think we're gonna call it. I think we're gonna call it. Uh, we have uh, 
on Friday. Yes. By the way, what? I lost my train of thought completely. On Friday, we have the Tim from BBI, BBI Autosport. Autosport coming on yeah. to talk about everything BBI, his time at Porsche Motorsport, Some manufacturing, of his what it's like to, uh, what kind of bloody knuckles he had to earn to get where he is today. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, what, what, it, what it's like to design in this industry today because they make almost everything in-house they build yeah. their engines there they they it, which is, i didn't know yeah, yeah didn't... it's really really incredible so we're going to talk to him really looking forward to that um you're actually probably on vacation right now as right everybody now is I listening am. To this. i'm on the beach in so, south padre island so everybody send jake uh messages right do you now you know what i'm gonna do though turn your phone off no i'm gonna go to spacex uh launch facility down there oh they have one that's where all spacex products come out of now oh i didn't know. i thought they were in fort lauderdale no, no, they're Texas. Remember Elon oh. moved everything to Texas? Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like a very southern tip of Texas where it meets Mexico is where all Tesla rockets come from now. Got it. Not Tesla, SpaceX. Okay, Tesla, well. Same damn thing. Yeah, not, well. So uh, there's like, there's a scheduled launch like right when I arrive that day. Yeah. Which I'm like, if they don't have a time. Big, yeah, what if you could see it from the plane? That would be sick. Also, sometime that week, they're supposed to be launching the first ever full stack launch of the Super Heavy with Starship on it. Nice. And do a full orbit. So that if anybody wants to contribute to their new segment, what should they do? Uh, good question. I think the best. We do have a voicemail. Exactly. Call us on our voicemail. 612. Oh, you have Lug-O this. Belt. What is it? 612 Lugo Belt. I'm pretty sure. Lugo Belt. Hold on. It's It's got to be in the driver's club. It's in the driver's club. It's also on the website. So I'm just going to go there right now. I'm going to race you. We're going to see who gets the uh, well, gets I know exactly faster. where it is. 612-584-0235. And I will start checking those voicemails again. What is that number again? 612-LUG-O-BELT. LUG? Zero or LUG? Zero belt. LUG yeah, it doesn't zero belt. work. I just tried to come up with something clever. 612-584-0235. Bye. All right, give us a call and we'll play what your really voicemail your on, gears? on, or if you just have any comments. But yeah, I think that's a that was a fun segment. All right, all right, man. We will see you guys next week. Take care.